Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. So what are we going to talk about besides Nicki Minaj being that we only got like an hour, right. maybe a little over an hour? Um, I was thinking we could just start there because that's enough craziness. <laughs> like, what is going on with her? I think she is. She's having a, a slow breakdown. And I say slow because it kind of started with Cardi B. Yeah. And and she was trying to say that it wasn't hate and it wasn't jealousy when whenever the whole like Nikki versus Cardi thing came out, but I think we are witnessing a snowball breakdown. Like Yeah. After the Cardi B thing and then the Remy Ma thing and then now her album being number two, she just can't handle not being that bitch in rap right now. But yeah, I think that is it. But also, like, the crazy thing to me is that she's, um, it's not like she was flopping. She's not flopping at all. She's still hella relevant. That's what makes it like a complete just mental block. But it's different because even though she's still relevant, now she has somebody to compete with. You know, she's always talked about competing with herself out here now is somebody else in the game right but that's what she wanted for what 10 years people talk shit all the time though (laughs) she was talking shit like she was saying that she was the only one in the game but now she got competition she shook she don't know what to do but i honestly feel like they can exist in the same space without it being that's the whole thing like it's it's other female mcs out here that are thriving and they're all they're all doing their own thing Rhapsody got her lane yeah. you got Snow the product she got her lane you got Nikki you got Cardi I mean she can't handle it and, and I also think too though is she's been really taking like her um, like social media comments and jabs she's been too involved on that side and I think she's letting a lot of that get to her but it also doesn't help that the barbs are hyping her up too so she's letting these negative comments get to her but then she's letting the barbs like fuel her and amp her yeah definitely but she's almost going to Kanye approach yeah which is crazy she's losing it she's losing it (laughs) but it's so it's sad at the same time as like it's such a complete mess you can't turn away. Yeah. Like, it's a shit and now, show. And now it's messing up her money. It is. Because it, now that she, especially now that she's doing this whole queen, queen radio thing, mm-hmm. 
she's not what she's doing on queen radio is not helping her no. it's hurting her yeah like she should be she's an elder statesman now she should i'm not telling her how to run her <laughs> business even if she wants to listen to her but she needs to have by now she should have had her own record label or something and had protégés you literally had Lil Wayne as your uh, OG. Why can you learn from the mistakes of Lil Wayne? Drake learning from the mistakes of Lil Wayne. She honestly could have had way more out here, especially being a woman and one of the biggest women in rap right now. Like she had her, um, she had her perfume, and then she had like some small clothing line, I think, for a while in Kmart or something. I don't, I don't remember. But she could have like ventured out more on stuff like she that had, she had top 10 billboard hits yeah like she out here but she rested on like she, yeah she definitely did i think she she waited too long in between albums number one yeah um and then she became more of a feature artist and not so much of a hosting artist you know what i'm saying there but was a lot of songs featuring nikki but I I don't think that necessarily was a bad thing. Like last year when she had uh, when she was on Rake It Up and then she was on Motorsport, her verses were killing. Like, her verses always kill, but that's what a lot of people say though is sometimes her verses go harder than her own shit, and that's not a good thing when you're an when you're an artist with your own name and with a name as big as you know what I'm saying like you yeah. gotta be you should be able to hold your own. More, yeah. more than not. But that's a, that's in all honesty a common thing in hip hop. For a while, Lil Wayne was the same way, where his his guest verses were better. Like when he went that span between Carter two and Carter three, that was like three years. Mm. Now he was on literally everything. Yeah, and then um. Buster Rhymes is a legend. Oh, sh- and is a legend for being a feature. That's true. Like, you can have a successful, but you just can't. But that's just never been who Nikki was, though. I feel like Nikki has, all, like, itty, big, itty bitty piggy and, like, all the, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's just always been able to be strong on her own. The first pink print was, was bomb. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So. And then she at the same time, she had. The get one of the best guest verses on a classic album. So I mean, she started out like bomb, and then it's just she has to transition, and she hasn't transitioned yet. She's still trying to be the the cutesy like she's a grown woman now, man. I don't think she's still trying to be cutesy. I think which I think she's still using like a childish rivalry though but that's like to kind of to to spearhead her her number oneness and her her bad bitchness like she's trying to keep that she's trying to use that as what keeps her on top but she has evolved like when she first came out and she was actually like super bubblegummy with the rainbow hair and the crazy prints and all that like i could see it then you can see what the it wasn't sustainable or what I could see it working better for her then. 
it's definitely not sustainable because it's not working for her right now. She actually has like grown and evolved. Like she grew out of all the, the wild, crazy colored hair and the wild wardrobe. Now, now she actually wears normal dresses and you know. I don't know. Did you well, see that VMA thing? Like I saw her, like of course her performance in her outfit that she wore to the red carpet. But I mean, like when she's out, she's not. At least she's wearing like solid colors and. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, so she's kind of starting to appeal more to older women, but, but she's taking, she's stuck in like the teenage, like this last mean girl, this last week has been one of the most destructive weeks I've ever seen (laughs) for her. Yes. No, and just in general, short of, uh, Kanye saying slavery was a choice, which she kind of, Tiptoed on that line with the Harriet Tubman. That why did I don't understand? I don't like. First off, the analogy it didn't make any it was sense. off. And I've seen so many like we'll say the barbs try to be like, but I get what she was saying. Like try to make it deeper. I like, know that analogy doesn't make any sense. And even if it was deeper, it doesn't matter if all of us are looking at you like, girl, please. <laughs> Like, and then for her to come back with that made up Harriet Tubman line with, I would have saved thousands more if they had known they were in slavery, which has been debunked by every serious historian since. A long time ago. Right. Like, and then uh, five-fifths of Van Newkirk, he worked, uh, he's a writer for the Atlantic. He was like, as soon as. I saw that Harriet Tubman line. I knew she was going to quote that fake quote. And then when people called her out on that, she started getting all defensive and everything. And then, yeah. like, but what made it worse was when she literally, like, went, all right, Travis won this week for most sales. And I think he only beat her by like 100,000. I mean, only 100,000, but. It was his second week or whatever. And so she made the point that he was uh, selling merch and his tour stuff because he's yeah. a 360 artist. Yeah. Which, uh, like, as a, alone, that would be a valid point. But the way she went about it was so wrong. And it then was, she brought his child into it. It was stupid. You can't bring his, his child or even his girl into it and it'd be... Like, My thing is, though, like, what artist, number one, especially, like, nowadays... What artist isn't out here selling more to get people to buy physical albums? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are in the age of streaming and a quick download will get right. you. What? Hell, even Kanye. Everybody's was doing that. People, his, yeah. His CDs. Kanye don't have to do that. He was just doing it. Everybody's doing it. Nikki, Nikki was doing it too. She, yeah, she was. She's just mad that <laughs> it didn't work out for her. It's like I don't understand uh, who she thinks she is or what she is perceiving all of this as, but her perception is skewed. Yes, which is sad because she's a ta- she's a talented MC. Too much talent. She is gorgeous, and she has a pretty big influence on her fans. Right, like. It's going to sound weird in hindsight with all this stuff, but she's a legend. Yeah. Definitely. 
legends don't have to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the that's my main beef with like Kanye and stuff. It, right. It's like where is this coming from and why? Right. <laughs> You're one of the most decorated artists of all time, and that's not enough. Nope. I think it really does go into um, a mental thing though when you can reach that level of whatever and then it's still not enough like what what is it in your mind that you're trying to be that you're trying to catch up to or keep up with once you've gotten so much clout and success and wealth and fame and basically the top of everything that you could get why what is it that could really like get deep down in your spirit and disrupt your soul to where you're angry when other people are having success right like it's it's not taken away from you at all and also number two that's silver bitch that's not like (laughs) it ain't ain't copper like it's you still winning that but and then that's the other thing it's like their demographics aren't even the same yeah travis scott is if you're 25 and younger that's that dude and also if we want to base it on like on gender and other things like that, she probably has a more set fan base and she should just, she does because for one, like Travis Scott, when did he really start getting hot? Like 2012, a little after. Yeah. I guess. Okay. When so did rodeo come out 2014. So like two years before rodeo is was when it, was he hot then? You know he worked a lot on Yeezus and a lot of Kanye stuff around then. So that's when the buzz started. Um, Antidote came out, I think, in 2014. So I think it was on that Rodeo album. Okay. So he's been out since then, but she's been out before. So like I said, though she does have like her teenagers that are her super fans right now she also has people that have grown with her and and an older demographic that has grown with her we saw her first mixtapes when we were in high school yeah like we've literally (laughs) 10 years ago more than 10 years ago her and drake came out around the same time and then drake had a little slow grind but nikki was out here like battling and like having mixtapes and having girls girls been barbies since 07 <laughs> facts just like embrace I, 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 the bad thing is we're not even talking about her album at this point which was a, it wasn't her best but I will give her credit for one thing on that album that Barb's dreams is dope as hell <laughs> because she flipped a classic Biggie uh, song I still haven't listened to the album I'm gonna be honest. I'm not interested right now. It's. I know it's got some hits, but I don't feel like it's a it's a. It's not a, a, a consistent uh, body of work. Co- he, yeah. Co- and then too, it's 19, fucking tracks on it. <laughs> she has an outdated business model. Yeah. Outdated business model and outdated social persona. Like, they always compared her to like Gaga. You don't see Lady Gaga out here doing the same stuff she was doing 10 years ago. Lady she, Gaga she, singing ballads and performing at the Super Bowl. She might need to hit up some new uh, management. Oh, definitely. Whoever is. But also, like, I'm weary of 
putting her success on men around her. But I think Safari did play a role in her business and just her personal life. And that threw some things off. I mean, it's, it's natural with any of us. Like when you what, do you, what part, do you mean though? Like he was her business partner and her lover and partner for ten plus years. When some a big part of your life is changed like that, that tends to play a role in it. I'm not saying that he was the end all be all, or but I think. It wouldn't still bother her if she went out here trying to, like, the, the way she went at him, too, was weird. Like, yeah, but. Like, he's out here minding She business. dated Meek and Nas in between that. Yeah, but she didn't bring them up when she was out here trying to air Safari out. Mm-hmm. When he's sitting at home minding his business. And you want to talk about he had hair plugs and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all this stuff. And he was buying prostitutes with your money and. Okay, you you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> we didn't hear nothing about Nas or me. Yeah, she came hard for Safari. Even on the Barbie Dreams thing, she 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 didn't attack me. She just like just gave him a quick shout out. Like this has been the worst like three weeks of an album rollout since Kanye, and this actually might be worse because sadly. People will give Kanye another shot. Mm-hmm. They won't give Nicki. They already have. And plus, in the minds of most people, Cardi had already taken over her. And this meltdown is just making Cardi B look even more like a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I'm, I'm sure that has to bother her, but I mean, it's all right, man. It's But why? <laughs> but why? When you've reached a certain level, why? That's got to be some inner. It's it's got to be some inner issues because you don't oh. see Beyonce or Rihanna out here giving no other artist that kind of attention. You know, or there are allegations that she's on drugs. Nikki? Yeah. You haven't heard any of that. I haven't heard any of that. That's been stuff floating around for a while that she's a drug addict. Meek kind of made references to the fact that she was using drugs also. Because you remember when Meek said he was a drug addict? No. Yeah. He said right after he got out, he he was addicted to opioids. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was all those videos of Nicki Minaj acting completely <clears throat> like she was on drugs. Like when she was opening those gifts. Oh, yeah, like the Chanel bags. Yeah, like... It's possible. It wouldn't be the weirdest I mean, thing I wouldn't put it past anybody in Hollywood, honestly. Or anybody in real life. <laughs> well, well, yeah, shit, that too. You never know what anybody's doing. But especially Hollywood, the access is just out there. You get whatever you want. Through the roof. <laughs> Also, yeah, we haven't been on since uh, Sister Aretha died, you know. I felt like we did a pretty good. Yeah. We, we we honored her. For the time being, also the fact that we did it while she was still alive. Still. I was really hoping the movie was going to come out for for her while she was still alive. Is it going to be J-Hood? Yep. That's what they say. 
That should be dope. Yeah, I agree. Um. Also, uh, we we didn't even know if we were gonna be able to record today or this week. This week, yeah, I didn't. Um, my job schedule switched it up on me. Yeah. Um. So we got this emergency session in. Yesterday, I did record an interview with Corey. I'll put at the end of this episode. But um, hey, hey, hey. how was your weekend? Because. You tell me about your weekend, I'll tell you some of the uh, inciting things that I haven't been able to tell you about. Oh, shit. How was my weekend? What did I do? Oh, I went to Birmingham this weekend to do Jamie Dobbins' wedding. Shout out, shout out. She got married in a super nice hotel in Birmingham called the Redmont. Um, I did her in the bridal party. It was really fun. Um, and then I just decided to stay the weekend and just chill with my friends because I ended up having Sunday off. So the wedding was Saturday. I stayed, partied Saturday night, came back, um, Sunday evening, just basically, um, chilled with two of my really good homeboys, Ben and Ben, shout out to them. Um, we stayed out until like five o'clock Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> things you can only do in Birmingham and she, <laughs> it was so crazy it's like we got out I want to say we we maybe got out around like 10 a little after and by midnight like me and Ben um well Benji I guess to separate them because they both have the name the same name me and Benji we were kind of like dragging around like midnight like yeah we might call it a night and our other friend Ben was like what no like the plan was to get lit this weekend like y'all can't y'all can't turn in now it's too early it's midnight calm down mm. so he finally talked us into uh into staying out we kind of got our second wins man so we our first stop was this um hot dog joint so lit Birmingham has amazing food spots. They like do. they are really coming up on like being a food city. Yeah. Huntsville's um, the beer city and then I feel Birmingham like we're kinda coming up on city. being a food city too though. Like yeah. the more new like restaurants and, and bars and breweries we bring in, but so we went to this really dope like um hot dog spot. They had fucking pork runs on the menu. No, I got them hoes. Um <laughs> Then we went to Saturn. I don't know if you've ever been to Saturn in Birmingham, but it's this cool ass like arcade bar thing. And then there's like a big ass dance floor on the back. So apparently there was like a black gay pride event happening there. So Damn, my friend, it, it was, it ended as soon as we got there though. Um, my friend Ben, he's gay. So he was wanting to go to that, which I mean, we were down. Um, so we went to that. And by the time we got there, I think the DJ was there for like 20 minutes and then it was over. So we ended up playing like Mario Kart in the bar and then had another drink left. And then that's when shit got wild. Um, we just started bar hopping all over the place. I really don't even want to check my bank account to look at these bar tabs. That's how you know the night too good. It, it was, it yo. was. Mm. I went a little bit to it. <laughs> went all the way ham. Um, but it was just a good time, like hanging out with them. They were both uh, friends that I made in Auburn and both ended up moving to Birmingham. So caught up with them came back home and took my ass to sleep and started the week 
Well, I texted you multiple times during this weekend <laughs> and you didn't respond. Well, that explains it. <laughs> and I was like, this does kind of feel bad. Like, <laughs> now being on the other end of it, being like, yo. Oh, yeah, because you don't <laughs> never respond to a nigga text messages. It does feel bad. I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I've been tripping lately. Yeah. Um, I was not in my right mind. I figured. Right? That's why I did. I was... Like, I was just trying to figure I saw out. the text. <laughs> but I was like, I just want to fight you. Right I don't now. know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm liable to say. I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing. So I was in a mad hunt to try to figure out if we were even going to be able to record this weekend or do I need to edit some of our B roll? If I needed to call in somebody, call in the troops. I was like, I do need to figure out the Skype thing because that way we will be able to get more guests. Yeah. I was actually going to plan on doing that. Then some stuff happened. Wasn't able to do exactly what I wanted to do. But uh, I talked to, you know, uh, um, you know, Darius that makes perfect mistakes. I don't know him, but I know who you're talking about. I talked to him about possibly us doing a collab. Sorry, I'm chewing. You so unprofessional. Oh my god. I'm starving right now. I'm trying to be quiet. Um Yeah, that'd be dope. And uh like you mean like an actual like merch collab? Yeah. See when you said that I thought you meant like having him like do an interview. I mean we could do that as well. Like I'm pretty much just trying to I was talking to Corey about this last night. It's like, we, like young, for lack of a better word, black creatives in this city can build the city that we always wanted. Like, we can do it. We just got to stay together. We got to start working together. Yeah. And marketing and doing stuff like that. I agree. And also, I didn't realize that I knew Homeboy, but I straight had classes with him at A&M. Really? Yeah. Does he have pictures of himself on his Twitter? Uh, I think so. But he has a he has another one too. I followed him on his other one. I just couldn't dig <clears> connect. <throat> like, but yeah. I think <laughs> the same way us and uh, Mia didn't connect. Right. It was like, <laughs> all right, yeah, they're following me, but why? And it's like, oh yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> my cousin and his home girl. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess that's a good thing that. He can't just know the reckless stuff that we say on here sometimes. But, yeah. Uh, so I talked to him about some stuff. Like, just opening the door. And, you know, just uh, working with each other, man. So that's mostly what I was trying to do. Also trying to get... I was going to try to uh, get Terrell, but our scheduling didn't work out. Terrell be in Atlanta so damn much. Right. That, that nigga be moving. Like, sheesh. So, I mean, but I'm sure he gonna be on here again. But, yeah, that's kind of stuff we're trying to work on. The next phase. Now, thanks to Corey and me tinkering with this stuff, we got the sound quality to where I'm very pleased so far. Yeah. I'm glad we got that figured out because we were struggling we were stumped we yeah we were stumped 
I mean, I definitely didn't know what was going on. Your voice was, has been sounding amazing ever since we switched mics. Like that day you were humming, I just wanted to fight you. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I was doing too much. I was over here just crying and you just sounded like an angel and I'm just like, damn it. Well, I'm glad we got it figured out. Also, shout out to Quentin. Because Quentin has been my emotional support through this tech stuff. <laughs> and he has been a shoulder to cry on through uh, uh, Twitter. So, shout out to him. Shout out. Uh, who else do we need to do some shout outs to? Q Lundy. Um, our loyal listeners, man. Definitely. Yo, this is what I haven't talked about. Bro, why do we keep getting listeners in Amsterdam? <laughs> like, each week. I wonder what it is. Do you hashtag in the posts? I do on SoundCloud, but I just wonder what... Because it's only on SoundCloud that you can see where you're getting the plays from, right? No, I can see... I can see the iTunes stuff, but that's where I'm looking mostly on SoundCloud because it's... Like, it's not detailed iTunes ones, but it's like... Is it because that one time I said I would move to Amsterdam? I mean, for lack of anything else more substantive, yeah, that sounds actually, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but if you don't actually like hashtag it or link it or type it up, does it still, how does it still? One other thing is there, there is another sub urban pop. Um. <laughs> but that would only account for like the first time for it to, Cause I don't even think it's in Amsterdam. I think it's in like Switzerland or something. Either way it goes. Thanks for the listen. Shout out to Amsterdam. The Amsterdam niggas is lit. <laughs> Yo, we gonna go to the Netherlands one day. We gonna get off. <laughs> we gonna be famous. So we gonna be overseas famous. Like yeah, yeah. We just do this little podcast called <laughs> Suburban Five. <sighs> People know what's out here. What? <laughs> We're kind of a big deal. Anyway. Don't act like you'll be out here trying to trap these young dudes. I don't. I really do not. I don't be out here trying to trap none of these niggas no more. But I'm you, tired. No more. I'm tired. <laughs> don't want to be a player no more. I'm tired. The young ones, the old ones. I can't. Cannot. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if I could date somebody too much younger than me. Mm-mm. Like, I just, I have to have, like, semi-grown conversations with you. Like... <laughs> I gotta be able to talk to you about some serious shit in case. Now, we could talk about goofy shit all the fucking time. Yeah, but. I gotta have a substantive conversation with you sometimes. That's why I feel like I work out better with older men, but they suck too. So I don't know really what's true. But how, like, how old are we talking? Are we talking like. Well, this most recent guy was 36. I mean, that's only, yeah, a couple. Well. The only thing is, I mean, also, I, because I date women, it's a little different. But men, there's no, like, age to when men have their shit together. It's really not. 
You could be out here. You could date a sixty-year-old man who's still out here running the same game that a twenty-one-year-old is. Yep. yep, you really can. Um, like, what's your age bracket? You usually like older than you, like four to six, because that's usually like a common woman dates older. Yeah, like I, I don't think I'm quite ready for forty. <laughs> Um, that shit. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I should. If The Rock proposed to me today, then it's a wrap. But wow, <laughs> regular niggas. <laughs> Y'all normal motherfuckers, <laughs> normies. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like eight years max. Eight years. Uh, I thought you were about to be like that's your like no that's not average. that's not the minimum that's the cap that's the cap the cap um max but all right as far as the other way younger mm, God I I try not to go younger why because I just told you dudes don't have their stuff together at any age yeah but it's even worse when you're younger no. Nah. Men, they have to grow into wanting to settle down. No. See, that's why you're going about it all wrong. We never. Based on my experience. Yeah, but. There's more. But you can't, like. It's on, I don't know. It's honestly 50 50. Because if the older men, they're either, like, newly divorced and ready to be hoes again, or. (laughs) I think people are just at different states, uh, different uh, stages in their life. Uh, mutually exclusive from their age. Mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, but I can't be out here with no twenty-one year old though. Yeah, you gotta go twenty-one. Honestly, anything younger than like twenty-six is like scary. Twenty-six. Yeah. For me. <laughs> we coming up on thirty. It's just like there are other factors I would think about in settling down with somebody because I do want children as fucked up as it sounds. Sounds like you're trying to uh, <laughs> trying to reproduce like a <laughs> an animal or something, but no, like I I just a couple months ago I tried to talk to somebody that was way too young for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Legal legal age. I have to put that up. <laughs> she was definitely over twenty one. <laughs> Not too much older than twenty one. Mm. Yeah. See, I couldn't do that. Yeah, it, it became obvious I couldn't do that. Like I got a uh, I got a message one day. It was like, do you uh, do you think I'm stupid? And like, whoa. Let's hold up right now. What the fuck are you talking about? And it was just like one of those abstract, I'm young as fuck and I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like, yeah, this ain't gonna be the move. And then I called her one day because I was tired of fucking texting her. She texted me in the middle of the night. Bruh. In the middle of the night? Nah, not even like those like stupid questions in the middle of the night. Like, you ain't got nothing to do tomorrow that, that young. Oh. It was. A, it, I mean, it was in the summer too. It was like, yo, yeah, I went about this all wrong. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely messed this up. I, 
And I, I guess I ghosted her. <clears throat> oh. Why you ghost the baby? It was weird, man. <laughs> I, like, I was ready to start dating, but I wasn't ready to start dating mm. that young. Speaking of, how do you feel about the ghost technique? <laughs> because to me, as a straightforward person, I feel like there's no reason for it, but there are some situations where it just works. As a, a person who, I hate to use the fact, go, like the Has word ghost. Has been ghosted. Yeah, but I mean, I understand. But I did retweet the other day. Uh, sometimes I go somebody and they think that it's because I got other girls or something, but it's really just because I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> that spoke to me in a way that I could not tell anybody. Like, cause sometimes it's not even nothing personal. That's the other thing. Sometimes girls do think that it's personal. I think people do that in general. Yeah. And I think you're, anytime you read a text message, like this, for instance, you're reading that in whatever tone you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. And whatever mindset you're in. Right. So if you don't know what's going on and somebody just hasn't talked to you or anything, you automatically are going to assume, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. But sometimes, and to anybody I've ever uh, supposedly ghosted, sometimes I was just depressed. Hmm. Every single time? Every single time? No. Not necessarily. But it's been times. And it's actually been times that I actually care about people. It's just that I got so much stuff going on in my head hmm. that I'm actually... So you don't think you're ready to date? No, I think I'm ready to date. It's just... <laughs> uh, and it's actually been some decent girls that we could, probably could have had some... A good relationship, but yeah, it's like also have such a weird work schedule. Maybe I'm not ready to date now. I think about <laughs> that's been like your biggest excuse. I think is your work schedule. It, this is true. I, I mean, there are a couple people I think are cool, and I would like to hang out with, and I would make time for them. It's just. This hasn't happened yet. Why? I don't know. I feel like with you, you're in your own way on all of your dating um, escapades. What do you mean? Like, you're just holding yourself back. I know. With your anxiety, with, I mean, I guess partly your depression. I feel like you've you overcome a lot of that though. Yeah, because, I'm not, I'm not as depressed as I used to be. Yeah, you wouldn't even have gotten <laughs> this far if you were, but right. Um, I feel like you could be in your own head a lot. I'm definitely in my own head way too much. In See, my, look at me out even, here. It's not even just in my dating life. It's just in my regular everyday life. But yeah. I think it's like having to unlearn bad habits. Yeah. I'm that's what dating is for everybody though yeah like I'm sure it would just be better if I like actually went on a date and then it wouldn't be like a stressful 
idea. Yeah. I maybe, think maybe I need a practice. You need like a group date first. Yeah, but I don't like You don't like groups. <laughs> okay. Let's call it a double date. No. I, I think I would I, I would actually probably do okay with a group date. Because the pressure's not all Yeah, you need something to break the ice and just get used to actually like having that person around you before you just jump into like one-on-one. As long as I'm not fifth wheel. I've been Bruh, I've been fifth wheel so much though. But I'm funny as hell though. (laughs) (laughs) I've been fifth wheel, third wheel, all the odd wheels you can be. I've been ninth wheel. I done been that nigga. (laughs) Hey man, sometimes... Everybody needs a jester. Shit happened to me last week. Actually, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and cry." <laughs> I really can't handle being a wheel. I'm so used to it now. Now I'm just like the icebreaker. I used to be okay, but now I think now that I know that I really want to settle down with somebody, it just gets to me when I'm like, it just makes me feel ostracized. I could see that. I could feel. It. Like, I've definitely felt that before. Like, back in the day when I was just like, eh, we just out having fun. We all drinking, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm just like, damn, like, why everybody got people? <laughs> the, the other thing is I think about it. Sometimes I'm like, I wasted prime, like, getting to know you years drinking and smoking weed. And yeah, but that's partying. that's another people being at different stages at different points in their life thing, though. This is true, but uh, I don't know. I think I could have been went about it a different way. I definitely didn't have my prior like maybe I did have my priorities together. It didn't happen because it wasn't meant to be at that time. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really believe in that. I do. That if it was meant to be where the happened. Mm-hmm. Not not it would have happened, but. You would have been in a better situation for it to happen. Yeah. I guess. <clears throat> Especially mentally. Oh, without a doubt. Like, I'm way better in a situation to uh, <laughs> be in a healthy relationship now. Yeah. I would have put somebody through a lot of messed up stress mm-hmm. if I had dated somebody probably even two, three years ago. And I know people say, like, don't date people when you're not, you know, emotionally ready. Like, broken people don't need a date. And I'm like, well, no, we're all broken. Right. And we're all going to be broken. It's tons of broken people in very steady, serious relationships. Right. I don't I don't believe in that, but I do believe in knowing and understanding where you are mentally and if you're able to um, handle the capacity of somebody else's emotions because that's what part of relationship is, is being able to take on somebody else's feelings um and handle with care and responsibility right if if you are having a hard time managing your own i don't think you need to try to take on somebody else's because that could be explosive um finances we were were talking about with having your shit together so finances um managing your mental health you don't have to be like in the best like perfect I mean no one is ever just happy all the time and no one is ever never you know not emotional about things but managing your emotions well um 
having your shit together, not having to be dependent on too many people for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like any kind of resource, not just money, but you don't have to be dependent on me for every emotion that you go for. Like I need you to be able to hold your own, you know, sometimes um, you don't have to be dependent on somebody for to guide you through the next job you need to take or, you know, being able to just hold your own, not being overly needy. Right. And I think that's my biggest thing. Rather than your shit, like, do not, I do not need you under me. Oh, mm. day, my nigga. Please give me some time. Go spend time with your friends. I'm going to be, like, I'm not going to be that guy that, that's like, I don't want you having friends. No, have as many friends as possible. It's just like on Insecure when Vanessa was like, you ain't got no other house to bother? Please tell me you've been watching Insecure. You haven't been watching Insecure. I told you I ain't got HBO uh, Go yet. I might have to share my shit with you. You might. Who you shared it with? (laughs) Shit, I don't share my HBO with nobody. All right. We don't have to (laughs) get together. Um, He'll be like, what the fuck? (laughs) But yeah, I don't like overly needy or clingy people in general. I literally just tweeted that today. I was like, I don't like clingy friends. So I definitely don't think I could have like a clingy guy in a relationship. As a matter of fact, most of the relationships I've ghosted on have been friendships. I just can't like, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I'm like, it's just like, yo. Sometimes some serious, some serious shit go down, and everybody just needs to go their separate ways for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing personal. We will reconnect, and if we don't. Just know that he's still my G, but shit got real. You just can't hang on that level no more. Yeah, I mean, friends go through shit. But also, another thing that uh, the great once told me, if she ain't got a job, she ain't got a car, and she ain't got a place to stay, mm-hmm. you don't want nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, because you will be supporting her for the rest of your life. She done became your child. <laughs> right. Hell no. You do not need a dependent, my G. <laughs> you need a partner. It could work on your tax filing, but. <laughs> yeah, but the stress of just, what are you doing today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Hey, we need more tissue. It could work on your tax filing, but <laughs> yeah, but the stress of just what are you doing today? Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> hey, we need more tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't do that. Could not do that. Do you think, all right, do you think you could possibly be like a stay-at-home mom or no. stay-at-home wife? No. You don't? mm Even like if, say, if I make like millions of dollars, you can't be like, yo, you like how I just put myself as your husband? Yes, you did. Uh, and you didn't even say and that. I'm still over here shaking my head no, just the same. <laughs> Um, I just no, no. I like to be on the go. I'm too independent. I don't. 
I don't have like bad connotations associated with being a stay at home mom, but I just feel like I would go stir crazy having to basically run the entire house at all times because being a stay at home mom is not just taking care of the kids, but it's making sure shit's clean, making sure things are cooked, making sure having the home finances. Pretty much you making sure everything is together for everybody else. You're technically running a small business. It is. And with very little, but on a family (laughs) dynamic it's completely different because there's way more emotions involved. Right. You got kid emotions, grown man emotions, and your emotions. And your emotions. And that's, I don't think I could do that. I need to be, I need to be able to get out and breathe without things being in jeopardy. And I feel like if I became a stay-at-home mom and I just wanted to take a break for a while, I would, it would wreck me. Because then I would feel like a bad person for abandoning my family. But it would also be for myself. And I don't want to get to that point where I feel like I can't do things for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And feel bad about it. And then, like, seeing uh, seeing people try to break that habit. Like, if you ever see, like, a, a stay-at-home mom after her kids have left the house. And they're still doing stuff for their kids the same way. And they can't enjoy... Making lunch, texting them right. about what they ate. and Right, like... I get you give your life for your kids, but you can't give your life. Yeah, I don't want to. I understand becoming a parent, you have to reach a level of selflessness, but I don't want to lose myself completely for anything. Or anyone. I I want to be a father and I want to be a husband, but I still want to be me as a father and husband. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a better version of me but still me at yeah. the end of the day yeah same here yeah I definitely couldn't I mean shit could you be a stay at home dad <laughs> let's turn the tables that's a question that people don't answer or ask a whole lot a, a part of me could I think I don't think I could I could I would at least attempt it I wouldn't just say no but I don't know if I could no, I couldn't. <laughs> like in theory, yeah, but no, I don't think I could. Mm-hmm. I I would definitely be a more supportive parent than uh, stereotypical gender roles would imply that men are. But yeah, I don't think I. I respect anybody can do it, man or free, man or female. Like it's that's. I don't have the organization skills to do that. <laughs> That's how I will say it. I do not have the qualifications or organization skills to run that corporation properly. Mm. So therefore, I'm going to have to turn down that uh, role. <laughs> <laughs> I regret to inform you <laughs> that I respectfully decline the offer. <laughs> Thank you for your consideration. <laughs> but no. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> like, the crazy thing is, I like I would have to fight the urge of what my father did, which was he just goes to work all day. He comes home. And goes to he's sleep. like, yo, I came home. 
Just leave me the fuck alone for about two hours. Let me watch this game. I'll go to sleep. And I'll do this shit all over again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't staying all night. <laughs> he gonna be right in that chair eating popcorn and drinking root beer. <laughs> <laughs> After he ate the big piece of chicken when he got home. Because <laughs> you know you had to say that big piece for your daddy. Your mama flip her shit. I remember one time I tried to get the big piece and she was like, mm-mm, put that back. I was like, what? <laughs> but why? I'm so confused. That's one of those uh, cultural things, like almost like uh, fixing your, uh, somebody else fixing your man a plate. Those are unspoken black rules. Mm. And I think that's, that's an upbringing. Like you don't just bring any and everybody to... It's almost like that. Don't be bringing people over my house. Right. Right. Your mama cuss your ass out for some shit like that. Or you ask if some people can come over for dinner a certain night and your mom be for like, what? Mm, not not on this night. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's certain times you do things like that. You got to prepare them. You can't just bring it. Like, you know, like when you watch uh, shows and be like, Mom, can Jimmy stay over for dinner tonight? <laughs> Try that shit with a black wall. Exactly. Uh, no. Excuse me, and don't don't Who make the Jimmy? mistake as in, as to ask her in front of them, where she gotta kind of like calm it down, but still be nice, nasty like, with your ass. Like, might embarrass your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is a wild card situation. You don't know what you're gonna get. We got uh, we got Corey in here. What's up? What's good? What's good? Uh, he's been doing all the music for us. If you've been listening for a while, so it's dope to have you in the studio. Man, likewise, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Oh, no problem. Sir. So, what you got going on right now? Um, currently, man, just really um, just getting my label off the ground. Uh, something I started this year, Can Do Records. Um, uh, working with the artist that I went to college with. I met him um, at UNA. Okay. Um, so, that's kind of like where that birthed. Um, he's actually my fraternity brother too, and so uh, we kind of met. Um, I heard of him covering a Prince song at at an event. What what Prince song? <laughs> it was Purple Rain. <laughs> and impressive. Yeah, it was. And like when I heard him, I was like, man, like it, like the voice just captured me, and I was like, yo, like who is that? Like who is this kid? Like who is this cat? And so. Um, I was like, man, I gotta meet him. So from there, you know, I met him, and you know, and he was a cool cat. And um, from there, man, we just started making music together, and we, we had like pretty much like like minds as far as the, what type of music we like. And from there, man, um, we just kind of grew into what we are now. And uh, he released his first single on the label um, last yeah, week. I really like this song too. Oh, yo, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And um, from there, man, that's really the meat of what I got going on right now. Okay. Yeah. And you said his album is coming out when? Um, his album, well, actually, he'll have an EP coming out later this year. Um, his full-length album will probably be next year. Okay. But we'll have um, we'll have a proper compilation of maybe five, six-song EP. I mean, we have so much music, you know, just 
in store, like already ready. But we just want to really plan the release of everything. So okay. yeah, that's what's up. Um, when did you first start? Uh, when did your love of music come? When did it come? Yeah. I want to say, damn, it came around middle school. Because that was when I first got introduced to Outcast. Right. The AT Aliens mm-hmm. is the first, like, I just saw it sitting on my uh, father's desk at our house. And I was like, what is this? It's just that the album cover like intrigued me, and I knew nothing yeah. about music. Um, but I, you know, by firstly listening to it, man, I was like, "Yo, this is." From there, I was like, "This is hip hop." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I always watch BET and like you know the music videos and everything, but I never heard anything like that before. And I was like, "Okay, that that's really when it started." Right. Uh- um, I mean, of course. I heard music like Stevie Wonder and um, Gap Band, uh, you know, Zap and Roger. Like I heard those those things like in the house, right? Because uh, my dad played bass. He's oh, okay. A musician. So yeah, I, I heard dope music before, but I never really. I always played sports, so it was mm-hmm. never like, yo, like I want to play, like I want to, I want to pick up a mu- uh, instrument and play right. it. Never was that until later. In my in like college years, right? Um, but but actually like really the love where I actually saw it was like middle school, high school. Like a lot of times, like playing sports, especially like music is an important part of it, but it's also kind of like background. Yeah. So it's like you you're trying to get in a certain mood for the game right, or right. like practice and stuff, but Back. it's still. It's a, it's, it's not really the, the goal, I guess. So therefore, it's not as, uh, you're not as immersed in it as. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I can agree. Right. So, um, do you think that Alcaz was so uh, instrumental to you because it was just a mixture of those old school sounds you grew up with and with rap that most of our generation can relate to yeah honestly yeah I think it was both because I've never heard anybody rap like Andre 3000 no and being from the south all all I knew was Lil Wayne and at that time when I was in high school that was that was right around the time of like the Carters, like when they were the mixtapes, the dedications, yep. and you know the dedication one, dedication two, like all of those were so vital in the South. It was yeah. like that's all I knew, and right. I was like, okay, hey, little and Little Wayne at the time was so dope to everybody. Yes, <laughs> and so when I heard a different, that like a different flow, like intellectual, like I was like. Like who 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 are these cats? Right. What made you want to pick up the instrument? I guess it's the the best. Really well, I picked up. Well, DJing came first. Right. Um, it was all about when I first when I started college. Um, I wasn't even in music. I went to A and M for three years. I'm in nursing. You know, I'm like 
man, I don't know what I'm going to do. They don't even have a full nursing program. Right. So I had planned to transfer to UNA. And um, <clears throat> this is like a little, this is a little spiritual, like background part of like what happened to me. But um, the church I was going to, um, I was kind of like in a transition between churches and I went to, a, um, I started going to a new church <laughs> and um, they flow prophetically. So I got prophesied to and said that, you know, you're going to uh, be real big in music, you know, he said, you're going to be real big in music, and, you know, this is something that you're going to do. Right. And at the time, I'm like, music? music? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, hold on, like, what? Like, what you, music? Like, God, what you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't even play an instrument. Like, I'm in nursing. Right. And so, I held on to that word, and then later that semester, I ended up transferring to UNA, still in nursing school. And I'm, st- I'm steady trying to apply and get in. And I, I end up like failing um, the test to get in like twice, and this at, by that time it was like two sem- I was two semesters in at UNA, mm-hmm. and so music still was never there, and I never really even thought about it that much until the following semester. Um, this girl she asked me to if I wanted to DJ her party. And I was like, you know. I mean, sure. I mean, because I guess she 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 saw like my love for music because I would yeah. always be like creating playlists and she, you know she would see that like I will always have like I will always be talking about music and so she was like you want to DJ and I was like sure and so like over the Christmas break I got my first board and came back and DJed that party and ever since then it's just been it's, on the pop. yeah yeah ever since then I, that's that was the journey dude it's crazy how things will take you to a certain place that you never thought. Yeah. And then you just look up and you're like, it fits. And you're like, yo, this right. is what's up. Yeah. So, you start DJing. What's, do you go straight from DJing to just wanting to make beats and then playing around with keyboards and stuff? Yeah. Um, it was a process though because I, when I first started, like I was already like kind of different. I wasn't playing with the other DJs or playing on campus, um, because I already had like an ear for just other stuff, like right. just music people never heard of. Like who? Like at the time, what this was 2014, and I think that was around the time Anderson Pack was like really, mm-hmm. like that was like he wasn't really on the scene where we were at, but like in other places he was like really gaining a lot of notoriety. Right. So I was like playing music like him. Um, I was playing like a lot of music from uh, Knowledge, um, the Fal, this um, producer called Falcons. They make a lot of remixes and flips. This producer named Jeff, this he like a lot of just West Coast based guys, UK, UK, some garage stuff, uh, some house. Right. I was just playing like things that I love. Right. And of course, mix it in with things that people knew. Cause I wanted to stay relevant. I wanted people to still book me, and so I would like mix mix a blend of it. Um, but still put my my taste in it. Um, and I, I had a real hard time doing that because I actually got like booed booed off the stage. Um, in college for for literally like playing good music, but right. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> How dare you play good shit? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I felt like a total outcast, dude, because that was like that transition stage. And I was like, man, like, 
I never, but the thing is, I never had a thought in my mind of like, I want to quit. It was never that. It was always, you know what, like, I'm going to keep pushing this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release it on my own. So that's when I started doing my own mixtapes and releasing my own mixes. Yeah. And then from there, like, I started getting a lot of notoriety pretty quick, mm-hmm. just out the blue. Um, people would just listen. And then I would get, like, a lot of messages like, hey, like, keep doing your thing. I like this. You right. know? I've never heard this like send me playlists like send me the uh, song list like it was just stuff like that and so that's really what kept me going so like in college I'm in the club playing you know the basic stuff like back that ass up. I mean all mm-hmm. just stuff you know you hear stuff you hear every time every time <laughs> right right and I would go right back home and I'm making a mix for you know you know I'm playing house whatever it is you know stuff nobody knows about right. so that right there was really like the genesis of me wanting to pick up an instrument because the music that I'm hearing, I'm like, dude, I want to make, I want to be able to make this. Like, right. And so that's what happened. I, I started, I picked it up, pick, started picking up piano. And then um, from there, I just started learning about production. I changed my major to music production. And then from there, I moved out to LA and interned out there okay. with a, a producer named, by the name of Swarvy, who's super dope. And um, I learned a lot under him, and then, then from there, that's 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 how I kind of came about. It's, it's definitely different. Like that's why when I heard your stuff, I was like, "Yeah, this ain't like all these other cats." Out here. Like <laughs> it was like you were drawn on influences that a lot of cats, like especially that we went to school with. Yeah. Everybody like it seemed like that made beats drew on the same like influences right like Pimp C and UGK's sound yeah 3-6's sound and just I mean the innovators of southern rap but I feel like we have to yeah the down south sound pretty much right but they never tapped into like they tapped into the funk of like that Dr. Dre used or that that Outkast used or Dungeon Family more specifically mm-hmm. but they never went back to the influences that inspired them right so I, I don't think they ever really got a full education in the music right. of it right right it was like surface type right like it was on the surface it was like fake beats right right like, <laughs> it's like oh yeah I listen to that good stuff it's right. like but bro but you you ain't done the education so it's dope to see, like, that you really did the education of it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because it's, it's definitely the, the longer road, but it's more... That's why your stuff sounds different from yeah. these other cats. Right. It's not just, like, that. the Fruity Loop, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, trap drums and stuff. Right, right. Not yeah. to knock it, because I like I like trap, right. and I like, I like any type of music. Right. But it's something soulful when you hear that like even the music you sent me that I use on the thing yeah like when did you come up with like that mix mostly um I'm trying to think which one uh I think it's Bait Row 2 ah uh, that was like probably that was probably three years ago that's crazy bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was three years ago man I mean it's I have, I really have like tons of just mixes just stashed that I just never released or I released them and took them off. Um, it's just, 
You're yeah. just playing with sounds and trying to figure it out like that. Yeah, because like so this was like at the time, the three years ago, this was at the time where, you know, I wasn't I I wasn't being accepted by the people around me. You know, they didn't they knew nothing about this music. They hated jazz. They didn't, you know, if they I don't ever trust anybody that hates right, jazz. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's just like when Ken, and that was around the time uh Kendrick's album came out. And I was really more to Pimp a Butterfly. Okay, yeah. yeah, because I was I was more right. so influenced by that. That's one of those albums that's like a line drawn in the sand. <laughs> Either like you fuck with this shit or, or you, you don't. don't. Yeah, and it's like that album still sounds amazing right yeah. now. It's and, a masterpiece, man. And some people think of it as a flop, and you're like, "What are you talking about?" Exactly. And it, because it's not, it's not in tune to their their ears, right? You know, they're they people that aren't music heads. I don't even think you got to be a music head, but people that aren't, and I and I kind of got to give people some slack because I really like dig for music like right. a lot. So, um, but people that aren't really like music people, you know, they're the only thing that they're going to listen to is what what comes on the radio. Mm-hmm. Or if it's introduced to them, right? You know, it, and so there's really no, no chance of receiving anything new because this is all they know, right? You know, the mainstream. The other bad thing is <clears throat> like, like as that dude that people usually be like, they they kind of respect my opinion on it. Hmm. It's like usually it's only one of those guys in the crowd. Yeah. Like it's you, usually music heads don't talk to each other right. like that. It's like they're the wizard of their group. <laughs> right, right. And then <laughs> it's a wizard over here yeah. and stuff like that. Right. So I think that's the yeah. other part of it. When did you get into vinyl? College. Um surprisingly Florence had more of a Pegasus. Uh, yeah. Love yeah. Pegasus. Yeah, Pegasus. They had more of a just Florence is a hidden gem, man. I mean, they just had mm-hmm. more of a vinyl record music presence. Yeah. I mean, Muscle Shoals is, yeah. is you know, that's Music Hall of Fame. That's like Aretha Franklin recorded there. And yeah. Muscle so it's just, it's so much music history there. And so when I got there and, and discovered Pegasus, and even there's another record store called Underground, um, that they had a lot of dope records in there too. And, and really just seeing the whole, like a lot of people gravitating to music into vinyl like just, right. you know I'm like man like let me check this out myself and then I'm, I'm discovering all these records that I've never heard of artists that I've never heard of and I'm just like dude like it's just amazed the amazing thing was also about vinyl is now it's a little different because it, you know record industry is seeing that they can make money off vinyl right but for like it was a brief window to when like record players had just gotten affordable again yeah and you could just go crate digging, and you could, like, I remember the first time I went to Vertical House, this was probably 2000, I was still in college, so it was probably 2012, mm. I bought 10 jazz records, $40. What? I got Sketches of Spain, Miles, I got Brilliant Corners, Delonious Monk. No. Love Supreme. I got Love Supreme for seven dollars. Wow. I got uh, 
Mingus. Uh, um, that's my that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite jazz albums. Um, what's another really? But I got a whole bunch of I got a great jazz hall like from them. So that's really when I got into vinyl. I used to go to uh, James Records and tapes, but they be on some. <laughs> I ain't gonna disrespect them, but I mean, well, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. I mean, I found a couple of hidden gems there, but their their selection wasn't what I really was looking for. It wasn't as like like uh, it wasn't as deep as I thought it would be. Right, you would think like an old soul record store yeah. would be like, yo, yo, like yeah, <laughs> like put me on, you right. Know what I'm like, and then I, I like to just talk shop with people. We go in and be like, yo, what's new? Like, I don't want to know what new is CD or something. I right. want to know, like, who's, like, who's making real good music? Right. And where can I find the old, the old stuff that can put me in the right mind state? Well, I tell you, one of my good friends, um, over time, um, Maxwell, he, he had a record a record store in Madison. Does he have one downtown now? Yeah. 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 I went to the one out in Madison. I got a couple of stuff from him. He had a really good yeah. size. Yeah. But like, I'm so deep into my vinyl addiction now <laughs> that I'll be like, I'll be going through, I'm like, dude, I can't spend like hundreds right. of dollars right now. Right. Like, like, cause now it's just, now I just enjoy just looking. I don't have to, you don't have to buy, buy right. right away. Now, if it's something like the last album I bought was a seat at the table, so okay. okay. So like the newer classics that are coming out, right. I'll I'll buy those. Right. But as far as like just crate digging, it's more just entertainment at this point. Right. Um, and then before that, the last one was uh, "Awaken My Love." Okay. Childish. So, yeah. Have you Have you been to his shop downtown? Yeah. 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 When he first opened, okay. because. There was another record store down there. I can't remember the name of it. It was right around the corner, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's coming in. Don't pop me. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, I was going to look at them. And then I saw that... Uh, he was setting up so he started letting me see. And then I was like, oh, so you moved from out there. Yeah. Um, another place I went, actually yesterday, this is like when I got my little fix out of me, but I didn't buy nothing. <laughs> uh, Second and Charles out in Madison. Second and Charles. It's a, uh, it's more like a, a used bookstore, but it has used video games, used comics, mm-hmm. used records. It has a very good record selection. I was actually very surprised. And then uh, Second and Charles. Second and Charles, okay. It's on the, is it Hughes? Yeah, it's on Hughes out that way, but it's like going on Highway 72 over by like Matteo's Pizza and stuff. So dope. So dope. But uh, we got special guests in the studio. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah. So that place is dope. Um, it's a it's a lot going on in there, but like if you just want to dig, like for the classic, like just smelling the records and yeah. that type of feel, it's not necessarily 
it's not that it's aesthetic, mm-hmm. but they got good records. Okay, good. I was on the um, <laughs> on the gram. My sister, she saw my story. She said, "Tell Juju." I said, "What's good?" Yo, tell what's up. Yeah. Live on Suburban Pie. Shout out. Shout out, Courtney. <laughs> right. Um. So, how many artists y'all got right now? Right now, just one artist. Of course, there's tons of artists out there, but I mean, as far as actually trying to look at somebody else, I'm kind of holding off on that. I really want to, you know, develop that um, with the momentum that he has and the talent that he has. I really want to hone in on him first, right? Especially with me first starting out with my label, um, I want to figure out what and what not to do, what you know, what will and won't work, right? Um, just kind of get my feet wet a little bit before I actually like look at somebody else. Cause, I mean, I've had, you know, people already, you know, hey, I want to, you know, I want to be on, you know, like, I'm not ready for that yet. It's right. Not, it's not that I don't think you're dope, you know, but it's just, you, you got to build towards yeah, it. Yeah, right now, it's the timing of it, you know, I, I don't want to do you a disservice when it's really time to work. Right. Yeah. That's, that's noble because, like, it's a lot of cats out here that's just trying to get on for all of the wrong reasons. Exactly. And for you to take the time to build a foundation is always dope. Yeah. But, um, so you said you have a radio station also. Right, yeah. What's the name of your radio station? Can Do Radio. Okay. Um, I mean, it's kind of, um, the brother and sister Can Do Records. Right. On just the extension. Um, it's not, it's in the works. I mean, it's there, but mm-hmm. I actually haven't gone full fledged with releasing, like, the first show. Um, of it Um, because like right now I'm really more focused on the label side of things Um, because you know I can always kind of hold people over by releasing a couple of mixes here and there but I really think the radio can take a lot of stuff by storm especially here down south in Huntsville right because ultimately I want a storefront you know I want people to be able to come into the radio just come vibe kick it um, of course, there, the, that'll be like the HQ for Can Do Records as well. So um, having that that platform and that 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 place where people can come in and, and they'll find that this is something new. Like never heard music like this right. before. You know that's that's ultimately what I want to do, and then be able to interview people that I look up to and people that you know I, I really admire. Right. Um. That's that's actually what I was going to ask you. Where do you see like the Huntsville scene, like going, and what do you think we can do to make it more, I guess, uh, artist friendly? And then, uh, first of all, it's artist friendly. What What yeah. do you think Huntsville can do, especially with black artists, to be more welcoming to artists? Um, I think there's a. I think there's there's always a place for somebody. I think you know, um, you know, it's always going to pe- be people that like exactly what you do, right? You know, whether that be like rap, R and B, whatever, whatever you do. Um, I think it comes to talent. You know, if you're good, um, you know that that's not going to go unnoticed. Right. But I think a lot of people, you know, here in Huntsville. Uh, it's a lot of potential 
and I, I, I really do see it. Like I, and that's why I stayed here. That's why I chose to come back here from LA because, you know, Huntsville's home, and I really see a lot of potential here, and I've grown here. Right. Um, but I really think it comes down to you know talent because there's a lot of hidden gems here, a lot of mm-hmm. people that I probably don't even know. Right. A lot of people that don't even know who I am. You know, it's it's so many people that's talented, but it's just untapped. Right. What they like growing up in Huntsville that I always um, I always noticed was that we Huntsville as far as the music scene tends to be kind of fickle. Mm. Like we kind of wait for the cosign of somebody from outside Facts. to really embrace artists that have grown up here. Yeah, it's just like anytime. I'm not shitting on anybody, but anytime somebody wins on a music show or something, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily having their own uh, their own songs and things like that. Mm-hmm. They can sell out the BBC, right? But somebody from Huntsville can't, right? Like it's always we're still trying to find our identity, and I think that's where part of it comes from. Yeah. Like our identity within this state and within the South as a whole, and then within the nation, right? Because Huntsville is a different place from all those other places, right? But I think we have to be more welcoming to our own hometown artists, and right. also uh, the citizens of this city. Like you have to have avenues to where everybody exactly. can enjoy, enjoy exactly. <laughs> And then not be on some crazy stuff right. of right. politics and things like that. Right. Agreed. Like, we all trying to kick it. Let's just kick it. Let's just kick it. <laughs> right. Right. As long as we ain't wild, let's right. just kick exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, that, and that's what I'm about, man. Um, I'm always about finding new music. Always about growing, you know, in music. You know, because it's as much music as I, I know a lot is like, it's so much music I don't even know about. Right. And, and that's the beauty of it. It's like, I, it's ever everlasting. Yeah. Right. I'm going to forever be, you know, looking for music. <laughs> like, I never want to get to the point where I'm like, nah, I don't want to hear no, like, I don't want to be that old head. Mm-hmm. Like, I fight the urge now of like hearing some music. I'm like, man, I ain't really kicking with it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have to make sure that I keep my ear Welcome to Welcome. other people. Right, exactly. Like, I don't want to be like... Because I, I made that mistake when I was younger, being mm-hmm. like, using stupid terms like, that's not real hip-hop. Right. Ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no other word for that type of mentality that something is not real or authentic because I don't like it. Right. That's that's not how we act as adults. Right, exactly, <laughs> and, exactly. And especially as somebody who, like, as people who claim to love music, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Yeah. Because you may look up one day and realize you were wrong, like, as far as just uh, what you're trying to do or uh, where you see where you see either the city going or just current music. Well, for, well both of those questions, I honestly see Huntsville really striving, man, in the next five, ten years. I mean, musically. It's a lot of potential, um, you know, the, the mid-city coming. Yeah. You know, as far as, like, musically being able to actually attract larger artists. Um, I think that's pretty dope. Uh, and just overall, you know, talent, 
I really think Huntsville is growing. I mean, of course, it's not it's not a, a LA or a, you know a New York, you know. But um, if we can create a little hub, you know, continue to create a hub for musicians here, um, I think we we have some things that, that's promising to look forward towards in the future. Um, so I'm all for it, man. Yeah, definitely appreciate you coming through, man. So, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Kirby Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Chiefs. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday. Thank you.